Brought to you by Feitner Productions. Welcome to Land Down the Law. This is your host, Billy DeClerc. Before we begin today's episode, I want to share with you an apology and request. When recording this episode, I chose the wrong microphone in my setup, and I used the default laptop mic instead of my external Samson USB mic, which means that the audio quality, for lack of a better word, was shit. My producer, Jeffrey Feitner, did a pretty darn good job making it listenable, but you'll notice that the quality isn't what you've come to expect here on Laying Down the Law. I aim to correct this. I'm conducting a number of audio tests, including a brain scan, to see if that operates correctly. The request. My producer, Jeffrey Feitner, and I are part of a project that releases today. It relates loosely to the law in the fact that it is a crime drama. It's called Coyote's Bluff, and I'd like you to stop what you're doing. Go to Coyote's Bluff and subscribe right now. I'll wait. Not convinced yet? Jeff, let's go ahead and play them a a little trailer, ad, or clip so they know why they ought to listen. You want to know how I came to own this bar? Sure, I'll tell you. It's a long story, though, so sit down. Have a beer. It's full of twists and turns. Violence and lowlights, con men, money. Everyone is a liar. It's complicated, so you gotta fucking pay attention. I assure you it all comes together in the end. Yeah, sit down. I'll tell you the story of Coyote's Bluff. Nice shot. Finish your wine. Let's get out of here. Why'd you do that? We were here to scare him. Wasn't working too good. They'll be coming for us now. Let him come. I just wanted to tell you that I'm being sent to Chattanooga. Yeah. Finally. It'll all be over soon. Some men look at the world and dream of what is impossible. They are fools, building castles out of proverbial sand. These men are would-be rulers of a non-existent kingdom, but in the real world, we are ruled by the majesty of laws, mere words that would be our sovereign. One man is the Jester Prince, who dares defy his own majesty. He's a lawyer on a fool's errand, who runs where the brave dare not go. 
beyond unreasonable doubt. And Verboten Productions present Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, your host. That's me. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, a law and comedy podcast where your host, that's me, reads dusty old legal cases to the world's best comedians who ask the burning questions we all have. Then we improvise a completely made up scene in madcap hilarity. In the third act, we get real, stop pretending, and find out what it means to be actually human. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce my guests. They are childhood friends who aren't afraid to act like children. In alphabetical order first, he's an actor, writer, director, star alumnus of the San Francisco Bay Area sketch comedy powerhouse Killing My Lobster, trained at the exclusive Second City Hollywood Conservatory program and a graduate of the Groundlings in Los Angeles. Please welcome Griffin Taylor. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Billy. Next, he's a comedy writer, a native of the Bay Area, by day a realtor with Keller Williams, and by night pure awesomeness. I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast the very talented and very funny Mr. Jay Singh. Hello. Greetings. Now, before we go to our case of the week, let's hear a few words from our sponsor. Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc is brought to you by... Law Offices of Attorney Steve Gorman. Law Shark! If you've been injured in un accidente and you speak Espanol, you need un abogado gigante. El Tiburón del Corte. Hi, I'm Attorney Esteban Steve Gorman. El Tiburón del Corte. I'm a real Toreador and I'll fight for you. Like a bullfighter in the ring of Seville. Law shark! I have many years of experience representing Spanish-speaking clients here in Los Angeles and elsewhere. Yo puedo hablar español muy bien porque yo puedo viste el televisión de Univision. El Tiburón del Corte. Hi. I'm attorney Steve Gorman. And if you've been injured in un accidente, I can help ayudar you stead. Tienes problemas? Llamame. Estoy attorney Steve Esteban Gorman. El Tiburón del Corte. I'll fight for you. Law Shark! Now I'm going to put on my spectacles. Which means I'm going to read the law case of the week. I'm the only one without glasses on. Yeah. Because this is an audio medium, I'll just tell uh, those of you who didn't pay for the Patreon exclusive access that Jay is wearing some amazing sunglasses. These are prescription. (laughs) (laughs) Are you uh, allergic to the sun? Yes. Uh, That's fantastic. Um, these, these are slip and fall cases, um, America's Funniest Home Videos type of cases, and uh, they are from the law of torts, negligence. If you don't get hurt, we don't get paid. Negri versus Stop and Shop Inc., Court of Appeals, New York, 1985. After a plaintiff's verdict, the trial court entered judgment for the plaintiff in a slip and fall case. And what was that? Uh, what's, your, what's your song there, Griffin? Uh, you slipping? I think it's called slipping, slipping, falling. 
can't get up. Yo, I'm slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Woo, yeah, woo. listeners can look it up. I think it's about these tort cases. I'm pretty sure it is. It's written by, by yeah, lawyers. Earl Simmons is a big law hat. The order of the appellate division. So this is the Court of Appeals, the highest court, reversing the appellate court should be reversed with cost and remitted to that court for consideration of the facts and other issues not previously discussed. The record contains some evidence tending to show that defendant had constructive notice of a dangerous condition, which allegedly caused injuries to its customer. There was testimony that the injured plaintiff, while shopping in the defendant's store, that's the stop and shop, fell backward. Did, did not come into contact with the shelves, but hit her head directly on the floor where, quote, a lot of broken jars, end quote, of baby food lay, that the baby food was, quote, dirty and messy, end quote, that a witness in the immediate vicinity of the accident did not hear any jars falling from the shelves or otherwise breaking during the 15 or 20 minutes prior to the accident and that the aisle had not been cleaned or inspected for at least 50, 50 minutes prior to the accident. Indeed, some evidence was adduced that it was at least two hours. Sounds like a stop and shop. <laughs> yeah, you know they'd be leaving the baby food on yeah. the floor. Two hours minimum. the stop means they stop cleaning up their aisles while you shop. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Viewing the ep- so she mm-hmm. slipped on uh, like baby food that was broken in the aisles. Blocked yeah, and hit her head. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so nobody heard any broken glass. Nobody had inspected it um, for fifty five oh fifty minutes or longer, and that it was baby food all over the place. Viewing the evidence in a light most favorable to the plaintiffs. And according plaintiffs, the benefit of every reasonable inference, it cannot be said as a matter of law that the circumstantial evidence was insufficient to permit the jury to draw the necessary inference that a slippery condition was created by the jars of baby food, which had fallen and broken a sufficient length of time prior to the accident to permit defendants employees to discover and remedy the condition. There are 300 words in that sentence. Do they say how much? Do they say how much baby food was on the floor? How many broken? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot. That's what the quote. A lot of broken jars. See, I want to know about that. Like, who did that? Who <laughs> broke 40 jars of baby food and was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, and just walked away. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how exactly. the trial proceeded without even uh, the understanding what flavor of baby food it this was. A- right, right. If it was if it was butternut squash, I, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand. Be a soft landing butternut squash too. Yeah, right. But if it's peas, you know, peas and carrots, that mm-hmm. is ugly. I was watching. I yeah. God, I discovered this one Twitter account today that I sent Jay tweets of called. Humanity out of context or something. 
human race. Yeah, that was the full name, but the at is something else. And it's just videos of people doing stupid shit. It's amazing. And one was this guy, it was footage of a guy walking into uh, a supermarket and he opened, there's two sets of doors. So it's probably like a cold environment or place. Uh, the first set, he just like pushes open. Like he's just a G coming to like tear stuff up. And the second set, he does the same thing. and just pushes open with all this authority. And both doors just shatter. Just like, <laughs> and like it totally freaks him out. Like he, he, his, uh, his demeanor completely changes and he looks around and there's like these women that walked in front of him that look at him just like terrified. And then after a beat, he just kind of walks into the store, like a lot slower and a lot less authority, just like nothing happened. <laughs> it's a similar thing to drop like 40 jars of baby food. <laughs> <laughs> just compartmentalize and be like, well, I should probably go get cereal. I yeah. don't want to buy Yeah. That reminds me, I need to buy paper towels for the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. It's so, yeah. So, going back to this uh, very long sentence, the point of, of all this is that because it's an, an appeal of a plaintiff's verdict, they have to assume everything in favor of the plaintiffs. And so, you can't rule that it was impossible for the defendants to have known that the jury couldn't have couldn't have inferred that the that the defendant knew based on the evidence right so the issue is constructive notice which is the idea that you should have known something you didn't necessarily actually know but you have constructive notice because you should have known and so when there oh. is baby food all over the floor you should have known. okay and what was the defense's argument against that has anyone ever said, Bill, you have a little law, law experience. Has, uh, You're the first person to say that. Maybe you can, I don't know. <laughs> uh, has anyone ever said uh, to a defense team, you're coming off a little defensive. Break, break the tension in a law room. Law I think that's it's useful. Yeah. yeah. Are you usually, what kind of law do you do? I do civil litigation. Right. Okay. So this torts kind of stuff is, is my is my bag, maybe. Okay. But mostly business cases, not a lot of injury stuff. We can maybe still find a way to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have... You're being really defensive. being really defensive. <laughs> I'm usually told that I'm a little defensive. I get defensive. I'm usually on the defense. You're being very prosecutorial. <laughs> I, try, I have trouble making a decision because I'm always on defense. <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side of defense. Hey, we want to make this into a federal case here, guys. Are you, Are you kind of doing WC Fields? Oh, well, we, that's all right. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing bad impressions of Tim Stoltenberg's dad and will of bad impressions. Okay. Just bad impressions. I, maybe maybe W.C. Fields, I don't know. So plaintiffs having made out a prima facie case, it was error to dismiss the complaint. So the plaintiffs made, made their case. They should not have had their case thrown out. If the jury verdict be deemed by the appellate division to be against the weight of the evidence, that court's power is limited to ordering a new trial. Following the line of this, it's that because the plaintiffs set out a case that she had slipped and fallen and that there was a condition that could have caused her injuries. It was error to throw her case out. The reason that the defense got the case thrown out was because nobody could prove that the defendant was at fault for the broken baby food. Okay. The point being, if there's broken baby food on 
the floor, they had noticed they should have cleaned it up. Okay. So that's case number one. Case number two is Gordon versus the American Museum of Natural History. This is the Court of Appeals of New York, 1986. Oh, this is really going to be exciting. I can tell. Oh, yeah. I ha well, happen to be a, a big, big fan of museum litigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tabs. A third of his tabs are museum litigation. Tab tell me to bully tabby cat museum litigation just to kind of break it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are some of your favorite museum litigation cases? Man, that's a good one. Um, I would say, gosh, you know, this was a local one. This was here in Burlingame. This was uh, Hungry Kid versus the Pez Museum. Uh, the Pez Museum uh -huh. in Burlingame uh, litigated that this hungry kid violated the terms of the admission by eating all the Pez in the museum. And he was able to successfully argue that he was uh, hungry. He <laughs> represented himself. He did. <laughs> Quite effectively. Also accused the defense of being very defensive. <laughs> hey, but he was, he was defending himself, so he was being defensive, and he accused himself of being defensive. I believe the court's opinion sided with, with one of his closing remarks, which was, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> That's That's even the precedent. If it was the Pez Museum, I was thinking there'd be something about, you know, like tilting your head back and candy coming out of your neck. <laughs> it's an extremely disturbing aspect of the Pez. It's like, hey, look, kids, it's Mickey Mouse. Just tilt his head back and eat candy out of his neck. <laughs> don't worry, there's more in his stomach. And don't worry, he has no arms and legs, just a stack of candy inside yeah, of him. Regurgitate Pez into your mouth from his, uh, from his uh, the smoker hole. What are those things called? <laughs> yeah, a tracheotomy. Yeah, a tracheotomy hole. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like the tracheotomy people and the Pez people ought to get together. Oh, 110%. It's like, it's like a cross-marketing opportunity that's really been yeah. missed. There's a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing the Pez hole. <laughs> Who can blow it up? That'd be amazing, that, that smoking commercial from the 90s or whatever, when she's smoking the cigarette out of the throat. <laughs> Jesus, looks back, just all this pest stuff. Help that guy in court. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. All right, yeah, you 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 definitely be a <clears throat> what's that, a peremptory challenge. Mm -hmm. Hungry guy, you're out of here. The defense would like to thank and excuse the hungry guy. <laughs> Go back to the waiting room. All right. So this is a, also the Court of Appeal of New York, uh, 1986, a year later. The order of the appellate division should be reversed with costs. The complaint dismissed and the certified questions answered in the negative. That's a no. Plaintiff was injured when he fell upon defendant's front entrance steps. He testified that as he descended to the upper level of the steps, he slipped on a third step, and that while he was in midair, he observed a piece of white, waxy paper next to his left foot. He alleges that this paper came from the concession stand. 
that the defendant had contracted to have present and which was located on the plaza separating the two tiers of steps and that defendant was negligent insofar as its employees failed to discover and remove the paper before he fell on it. The case was submitted to the jury on the theory that the defendant had either actual or constructive notice of the dangerous condition presented by the paper on the steps. Could the paper have been like a sentient being kind of thing or like possessed by a benevolent force, like the little bag in American Beauty? You know, right. it's, what's the opposite of benevolent, like a malicious force? Right? Yeah, malevolent. Yeah, malevolent, uh, where it's just going around causing people to fall. Is that like malevolent? Yeah, malevolent not? piece of waxy tissue mm -hmm. paper. Is that one of your tabs, Jay, on your browser? Malevolent oh. tissue paper? Yeah, yeah. Actually, their next album just came out on Bandcamp. Uh, <laughs> can we do a plug? Is that yeah. cool? Malevolent, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I believe Malevolent Tissue Paper. They're they're a ska band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's ska, ska, ska nouveau. Two hundred sixty-four piece ska band. They're great. <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah, the album cover looks like a high school reunion photo. <laughs> a high school reunion for a band high school because they're all carrying horns, mm -hmm. right? Love horn section they have, is, mo is 258 of those people. Right. And they have 17 people just dedicated to dancing on the yeah, stage. Exactly. That's a big ska element. Just somebody who does just, their job is just mm -hmm. to dance. Yeah, just to wander. Yeah. Just to fill space. The jury found against defendant for the plaintiff on the issue of liability a divided appellate division affirmed and granted the defendant leave to appeal on a certified question. There is no evidence in the record that the defendant had actual notice of the paper, and the case should have gone to the jury on that theory. To constitute constructive notice, a defect must be visible and apparent, and it must exist for a sufficient length of time prior to the accident to permit defendant's employees to discover and remedy it. See, Negri versus Stop and Shop. Oh, like, pieces are related. Yeah, the one citing the other case. They're like, hey, this is page 87 of the law school book. So this is the part where the teacher's like, so what happens in law cases is that you read one case and then later another case says, hey, remember that other case? That case matters now, too. Yeah, it's a citation, I see. It's a citation. Well, natural question, well, how much baby food was present in front of the steps of the museum? <laughs> and there was a lot of baby food, but I don't know why I'm doing Adam Sandler all of a sudden as a law professor. It sounds like right. Adam Sandler School of Law. There's a Sandler like law outfit somewhere in the Bay Area, I think. We will solve all your problems with Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Hi, go poo poo, hey hey, Halloween number one movie. <laughs> yeah, I think he's getting ready to do a To Kill a Mockingbird stage production, right, Sandler? <laughs> It's a sin to kill a mockingbird. It's a sin. Call a boo-boo. Atticus Finch, where's Boo Radley? I don't know. Say boo. Poo-poo. Scuttle boo. Billy Sandler is a little bit beavis, too. Or Cornholia. Yeah. Yeah, Cornholia. It's like a cross. Yeah, I do the worst impressions. That's very true. Okay, I opened up a new tab. So this is pretty big for me to do tab searches outside of Tab Cola, Tabuli, Tabby Cats, and now Museum Litigation. Owen Stein Sandler is a law firm in Palo Alto, close to my office. Oh. So maybe you're actually doing an impression of, of them. There you go. I could be. 
I went to law school with a Lowenstein. I wonder if it's the same fella. Well, you know, he may not be very thrilled on how you think he sounds. Sorry to say this. <laughs> no, no, I was talking about Schindler. I, not Lowenstein. You may ex- want to expect a cease and desist or uh, uh, subsequent to the airing of this podcast. That's what we do when we're low on toilet paper. That's why we get cease and desist letters. That's just all we do. <laughs> Here at the Schindler Law Firm. I'm pleading the fifth for the rest of the podcast. I don't know what is, what is wrong with me. <laughs> the record contains no evidence that anyone, including the plaintiff, observed the piece of white paper prior to the accident, nor did he provide the paper as being dirty or worn, which would have provided some indication that it had been present for some time. See Negri, because the broken baby food jars were dirty. Thus, on the evidence presented, the piece of paper that caused plaintiff's fall could have been deposited there only minutes or seconds before the accident, and any other conclusion would be pure speculation. Contrary to plaintiff's contentions, neither a general awareness that litter or some other dangerous condition may be present, nor the fact that the plaintiff observed other papers on another portion of the steps approximately 10 minutes before his fall is legally sufficient to charge the defendant with constructive notice of the paper he fell on. I feel like wax paper is one of the more dangerous papers, too. As far as papers go, wax paper is not a paper you want to be stepping on because it's so slick, you know? If it was like a like a hard stock paper, like a thick stock paper or something, I feel like you'd be okay. But wax paper on any surface, I think, is pretty dangerous. It's, it's pretty banging. much the banana peel of the paper exactly. can. Exactly. I've always said that. I mean, I've slipped on apple peels and banana peels and orange peels and wax paper is much more like the banana peel than the orange Mm. peel. Uh, Two-sided cases are not to the contrary. In both cases, constructive notice was established by other evidence. And the issue was whether the plaintiffs had presented sufficient evidence on the issue of causation insofar as both plaintiffs failed to specify which step they had fallen on and on what condition, wet, where, wetness, litter, what had caused them to slip. In each case, the court concluded that the plaintiff had presented a prima facie case because a fall was a natural and probable consequence of the conditions present on the stairs. The defect in plaintiff's case here, however, is not an inability to prove the causation element of his fall. In other words... Causation meaning that the paper caused him to fall, not the ice or the banana peel or something else. Causation. Would they be liable for that too, though? They would be if it were the case that there was negligence causing wetness. Oh, okay. You caused it to rain. You let it rain that day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did we lose Jay? I think I'm we here. froze for a little while, but I think okay. he put on a bandana. I had it on the whole time. Stop opening so many tabs, Jay. Yeah, uh, I you're, can't. You're going to get wacky and silly there with the tabs. Wax paper is banned in the EU for that reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Too slippery. They have strict Much terms more re- over there. Exactly. It's really a nanny state there in the European Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You only use the kinds of paper that we approve. Right. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, now they wrap all of their, their baguettes in sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I read it on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. 
The defect in plaintiff's case here is not the causation element, but a lack of evidence establishing constructive notice of the particular condition that caused his fall. Wait, can I can I ask Jay a question? Of course. Well, okay, I was asking Billy if I could interrupt. Okay, never mind. Uh, Jay, have you ever given money to Wikipedia? Given emotionally to Wikipedia? Ah, I don't know if that keeps the lights on, but have you ever given money to Wikipedia? No. I think we both use Wikipedia a lot. Like, it's like a main reference. And I've only given money a couple times, and it's been like a couple dollars. And they, they come, like, more and more they come on and ask for money. Uh, and it takes over your entire screen. So you've never, you've never bitten it. And, like... No, it's so gross what they do. Yeah. But it's also, like, like this whole page. we are providing a free reference that's, like, well... It's well maintained. I've tried to add stuff to Wikipedia before that was not true, and they take that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like they provide a valuable source of information that I use a lot, and you do too. Right. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I was just curious about that. I hear that. Well, I think it's important. Yeah. Billy, have you given money to Wikipedia? I gave them five bucks like three years ago and they never let me forget yeah, about it. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, I think it's just the way they ask is like, ew, like, please stop what you're doing. Just stop using this crowdsourced information that we got for mm -hmm. free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay us for this free information other people gave us. Right. You guys sound like such a Wikipedia hater. Oh my God. I love Wikipedia. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, Wikipedia is great. Dude, I have, okay, speaking of tabs, so yes, I actually have more tabs. Last night I came across Griffin and I, this is, can I allow our little secret here? Is this okay? Go ahead. And we've had more for like five years. Hmm? The email chain, we, we, the email uh, chain we've had going for like yeah. five years. Griffin <laughs> and I have an email chain that has amazingly lasted like half a decade, which we just call citation needed. <laughs> and just like absurd and hilarious unsighted statements on wikipedia yeah. <laughs> most, of it, most of it music related a lot of just stupid band stories wikipedia's <laughs> <laughs> are amazing yeah. like if you want to know why like a bassist had to quit a band you will find out on wikipedia and you'll know how the guitarist felt <laughs> It's <laughs> your German band from the mid seventies or something. Das Helmet Crushers, uh -huh. the oh, German oh. punk band Das Helmet Crushers. <laughs> they found out the lead singer found out that he car that he cast was sleeping with his wife. See, a lot of it ended the band forever. More mundane than that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've had this thread for a couple of years and then it has offshoots of no citation needed and uh, we have a couple of threads going on email threads yeah the no citation needed is like a, a completely superfluous statement that nobody cares about often band music or like celebrity related and it has a citation and I don't want to speak for Griffin I'm pretty compulsive so if I see a citation I'll read it like like, did Renee Zellweger really change her hair color in 2007? Clicking. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, there's a citation. Yeah. It's all People Magazine. <laughs> That's my only trusted well, news source is People Magazine. Right or a law professor. Mm. 
Yeah, so I give a lot emotionally to Wikipedia. I yell at it a lot. I encourage it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I give it compliments. Like, hey, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you. In terms of money, I'm kind of, you know, when things are kind of awkward. Right. What is money, so, uh, you know? Dude, right? What is like two? They're asking for like really ridiculously low amounts, like 275. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, dude, you got that. Uh huh. <laughs> like you know, it was like three hundred bucks. Like, oh, dude, yeah, maybe I'll make some calls. <laughs> yeah, like, what really? <laughs> yeah, well, if you need two dollars, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Have you looked under your couch? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't sell ads. We just make it impossible for you to use this product. Mm-hmm. What if there was a Wikipedia door-to-door salesman? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Hello, <clears throat> hello. Uh, excuse me, sir. I see your door is open here, and uh, I'm just wondering, sir. And um, I'm selling Wikipedia door to door, trying to make a living at it. And I was just wondering what, if you if you might want to hear about the the benefits of Wikipedia. Oh. Be invite me into your living room, and I'll tell you about Wikipedia, and perhaps you know, convince you to buy a couple volumes. Yeah, I use Wikipedia all the time. I mean, how much how much do you guys need? You must be really in trouble if you're going door to door. Well, yes, we just need small amounts, small amounts. You know, we could start with a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. We can give you that. We can give it to you in installments. You could we could sell you volume A for fifteen cents. No, I'm only interested in desperate uh, charity cases. Thank you. Have a good day. Oh, (laughs) farewell then. I use myself for a reference for now on. Uh, excuse me, hello, sir. I'm I'm a completely different person than was here a minute ago. Oh. Uh, your door, your front door is still open. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I was just fixed. wondering. Just kind of, it just kind of gradually opens on its own. What do you? I think I just talked to your brother or something. He looked a lot like you. Sounded like you, but I guess he's a different person. Was he the Wikipedia door yeah, salesman? That guy's. Yeah, that guy's that guy's a, jer- a yeah. jerk. I don't like him at all. Hey, join the crowd, man. Yeah, I'm selling. I'm selling toothpicks for dentists. Oh, okay. Do you know any dentists? Uh, I don't know any dentists. I do, so they're not for recreational use. They're for, for, for professional use only. We do have recreational toothpicks. Because I use toothpicks all the time just to hang out of my mouth, just to kind of have a certain demeanor. I, I think it makes me look cool. I stopped smoking, so I have kind of like the oral issue. I like having a tooth, but if it's only for professional dentists, I, I'm sorry, I don't qualify. But we have some non-medical grade flavored toothpicks that might interest you. Mm, how much would they be? Nine cents a box. Nine cents a box. Uh, okay. I'll take 22 boxes. How much is that? Get my, get my calculator. <laughs> Nine times two is 18. Carry the tool. One. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have to confess. I, I actually work at the law offices of Adam Sandler. <laughs> I don't have any toothpicks. My wife sent you, didn't she? Sugarlaboo, we're investigating you. Sugarlaboo, <laughs> we knew about your toothpick obsession. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you serving me papers on wax paper? God damn it. This is the most dangerous of all the papers. 
<laughs> you've been served. You've been served. <laughs> I did get served. <laughs> Until next time, Sandler Law Firm. <laughs> Remember, Shadow. Shadow Lander Law Firm, Adam Sandler Law Firm. You don't make any money unless we don't make any money. Ha ha! He's serving me wax papers when he's advertising to me. I'm already imagining the cease and desist letter that's going to appear on your desk next week. It's come to our attention that you have been mocking the name and likeness of our yeah. of our law firm. We urge that you desist immediately. Shabby who? Parentheses, Shamini who? <laughs> we cut to the offices of the Adam Sandler Law Firm. Did we get a letter back from the toothpick guy? Ooh, want to check the mail? Too scared. Too scared I will slip and fall. Oh, too scared. Oh, let's see if he put the letter on wax paper. Oh. Oh, he, 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 <laughs> we cut to an Irish pub just outside the offices of the O'Sandler Law Firm in Dublin. <laughs> oh, Shabbatahoo, touch me another pub, another glass of Guinness, will you, Shabbatahoo? There you go, brother. Enjoy it. Oh, oh thank you, brother O'Sandler. We call ourselves by our last name because we're so proud of the O'Sandler name. Who isn't? Who wouldn't be proud of being an O'Sandler? The O'Sandler name is known all across Ireland. It's clearly an Irish last name because it has the O. <laughs> That's how we know everything we do. We put an O in front of it. O Guinness. O Guinness pub. Oh, Guinness, wax paper, oh, wax paper. Right. So, have you uh, learned any songs? We are trapped. Oh, oh shabbat-a-hoo-hoo-hoo. We, we, we all came here under the pretense of uh, being a jazz band, and all we do is scat. I feel like one of us should learn maybe the trumpet or drums. Oh, that's a fantastic idea, brother. Well, I'm not going to learn an instrument. I'm the best scatter out of all of us. That's true. I know it's true. I, you, you sing that one song so well. I just love it. It's a, what is it? A Danny boy, a yabadoo <laughs> That's right. Danny boy, yabadoo <laughs> The ladies always fall over in their trousers when you sing Danny boy, yabadoo Yeah, it's not my fault that their trousers are down. Who wouldn't fall over? <laughs> Well, that's the ladies are after our songs. I can't help it. <laughs> Maybe you can sing to the bartender and get us another round of free drinks like you did the other day, brother. Oh, luckily, his name is Danny. Oh, Danny, boy, won't you pour, pour us some more? Oh, Guinnesses. You can tell we're Irish. 
because we have this wonderful Lilton say O in front of words. Oh, he's in the bathroom, I forgot. Damn. Yeah, your boy's been drinking in the bath. You've been drinking my beer again. You've been drinking my Guinness. You old Sandler boys, you're not allowed in this pub anymore. You notice that I'm Scottish, but I own an Irish pub. I'm not judging you, brother. I feel you've been discriminating against me. Get to the, the Scottish Sindler uh, brothers. The Max Sindlers? Do you mean the Max Sandlers? The Max Sandlers. Ah, we've been pissed off all day, haven't we, brother? I can't stand it. I can't stand I can't stand it either. I've been hovering in the gutter and I've been rabbering the harbour, do you? Right. Right, I've been sh- I've been shabbering in the hood and I've had a touch. Shabber the hood, I believe. You're singing our family song, Shabber the hood. Yeah. We all know it. Yeah, let's we all know it. Together, right? You know what I'm singing for myself. You know I sing with your brother. All right. Shabarahutu. Shabarahutu. The Iron of the Brits. The Brits. We want the bits of shits. Shits. Because we are the ones of the sand. Sand lush. Oh, you're right. Shabara Hutu, Shabara Rato, Shabara Har. There's a hard R, you know, in Scotland that the American sandlers and the Irish sandlers don't understand. It's a hard R. It's the equivalent of a, a silent R, but it's more, the R isn't in the word when you spell it, but you pronounce it. Right. right, right, right. It makes it a lot harder to write our demand letters on wax paper right. when, we're, when we're sending over to old Sandler and tell him to cease and desist, singing our family song. It's also just quite difficult to write on wax paper. So true, brother, so true. This is why we write such short letters. Yep. Yes, I know you're telling me, I know. I could write on wax paper any better than you. I know. We're men of few words. We are. We're men of long silences and deep stares off into space. (laughs) And slippery accents. Right, right. I think we have some Liverpool in us too. (laughs) We should check our genealogy. We should do the 23 and me. That's a fantastic idea, brother. Thank you much. No, oh, that's a gift all year for Christmas. Oh, that's fantastic. We cut to the offices of Twenty Three and Me. What the fuck? We just got this like thirty pages of wax paper. I think it's a request. It has DNA. It has a bunch of hair taped to it. Uh, it's. <laughs> I think it's from the uh, the Sandler brothers in Scotland. I've never heard of these people before. Well, it's I, this DNA. 
I don't know. Everything's written on wax paper. I can't even read it. It's the, it's... It definitely blurred in the post. I, unless it's, yeah. it's horrible handwriting and it's completely blurred. Who uses wax paper for anything besides holding hot dogs? It's extremely dangerous. It's extremely dangerous paper. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's, isn't that why we banned it earlier this year? I mean, we could return the samples, you know, and, and their money. Well, and no, never runs. let's not return the money. I mean, we could try, we could try running these samples or just send them back a bunch of bullshit. I mean, hey, let's be honest. The science is not cut up the DNA stuff. Most of the results we send to people is just kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just kind of stock thing. And no one's really complained or seemed to notice. Uh, let's just send it back to the normal stock letter of, yeah, you have your 80% Irish. That's where the mail came from. <laughs> 10% Irish. Should we put Neanderthal in there just to kind of mix it up? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll get them talking. And then maybe like four or five scat words. Yeah. Do you have some good. lineage from Scabadoo? I don't know if you spoke scat. Well, I've been, I've been going to night school. Oh, good, good, good. Trying to make a few extra dollars um, on the scat scene. And, um, you know, the, the wife, uh, she wants me to branch out and mm. learn more about myself. Right. And so I've been studying. Um, it's, it's a video online night school. So I go to a, another place to okay. watch the videos. Okay. Um, you, you go to play to a place to watch the videos of your night school. Is that a quarantine thing or is that just? Well, I mean, it's, it's a bar. It's a bar. Oh, okay. I, I take, I, I take, I take, I take a laptop to a bar. Okay. You're one of those guys. You're the weird guy in the corner with just a blue light on his face, not talking to anybody. Well, I'm, I am scatting. I am scatting. Bro. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think actually, I've, I think I've seen a police report about you. <laughs> We cut to the police station. Yeah. Um, listen, pal, you can't just loiter in bars not buying anything. I'm looking at your laptop here because you gave me permission to. I know the law. You got. First off, it's weird to be looking at a laptop by yourself in a bar of all places, but you have so many tabs open. What are you doing? You got to get your life organized, man. There's 80 tabs here at least. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I'm really interested in branching out. Yeah, I see that you're learning scat. There's a bunch of scat tabs open. Right, I have tabs about tab. You have tabs about tabs. Yeah, they're pretty meta. You have a lot of wiki articles open. Right, I'm researching tab on uh, uh, the the soft drink on right. Wikipedia. Right. Okay. And um, tablature. Right, you're looking up white snake guitar tabs. It looks like I. If there's one song that captures who I am, yeah, it's the it's the white sing white white snake song, um, uh, like a hobo. I was born to walk alone. Right, hey, that gets anyone's foot tap, but I love that song. You know, a funny story about Whitesnake, you know, that, that there are actually two versions of the song. Um, um, the first version, they say hobo. Okay. 
And then there's uh, there's a citation needed here, but but, but the, apparently, did you get this from Wikipedia? Because this information seems like it's questionable. Well, I did get it from Wikipedia and did say there was a citation needed, but apparently there was a discussion between the drummer whose name escapes me at the moment. If you let me get my laptop back, I can tell you, but the drummer and the bassist, oh, because hobo sounded like homo. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And so they, they changed it to drifter. Although the guitarist wanted to change it to scat. It's this strange circular kind of thing. Okay. So he wanted to make it, you know, like a skibbity bop ba do bidi do I walk alone. Oh my god. Yeah, there, there's a thank you. Angel. Well, I've been going to night school in the bar. Oh wow. I, this is weird, but my daughter's getting married next weekend. And we had a we had a white snake cover band drop out. Would you be willing to scat white snakes discography? <laughs> Would I? Would I? We cut to the wedding. We cut to the wedding. And now oh. for the, for the uh, father daughter first dance. Like a I'm on my own. But I walk alone. So proud of you. Like a drifter hobo. White snake. So actually, I don't know who this guy is, but this is not what I requested. This guy's kind of ruining my wedding. I know you're a big white snake fan, but this is worse than their actual music. Just this guy talking nonsense. Scabada do scabada do white snabbada do scabada do snake scabada do like a drifter scabada do. Wait, now, let me tell you the story about white snake. This is you'll get a kick out of this. The original lyrics to this song were uh, like a hobo, um, but it was too close to the uh, the slur for a homosexual. Um, so the band decided unanimously, I believe, I, I can't cite any references for this besides People Magazine, um, that uh, they should change it to Drifter, which is more syllables, but they made it work. And uh, God, I don't give a shit. This is this guy is his, he's so loud. And I don't know any songs besides that Drifter song. I said as a joke, you should get a white snake cover band. And you got this asshole Scatting, I hate this. Can I just stop for a minute? I just wanted to correct you on something. I I heard, overheard your conversation with your daughter. Yes, please. And I, yes, I just want to clarify something. Hobo and drifter have the same number of syllables. Hobo drifter. Oh, you know what? <laughs> You're right. I guess it's letters. They have different amount of letters. You, you, you know what? Fuck you, man. <laughs> I, I gave you a shot, okay? You're correct. This is the happiest day of my life. Maybe not my daughter's life, but I always wanted to see her get married. And here you are correcting. Uh, uh, you're checking all of my citations for my conversation with my daughter. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, sir, I, I'm really sorry. I, I just, I have to correct another misconception of yours, sir. Um, so I'm not just a white snake, white snake scatter. I have a day job. Um, in my day job, I work at a place called 23andMe, and I want to tell you that your daughter sent in a request for a report. Okay. Um, shortly before getting married, you know, it's something people like to do. Are you going to turn in your blood to City Hall? We, we, we did that. Yeah, so I have news for you. Oh, God. This is a flashback to Maury. Don't tell me. (laughs) Your daughter's actually a descendant of the O'Sandler clan. The O'Sandler. Of Ireland. And you don't have a drop of Irish blood in you. We don't have a drop of Irish blood in us. So the O'Sandler clan is of Ireland, but has no Irish blood. They're like the nomadic Sandler people. (laughs) Well, you're not a no Sandler. What? To be to be clear, you're a Max Sandler. Uh, you were from the Scottish line, the sir. S- how many lines of Sandlers are there? Too many to count. God, I guess. I mean, this explains my preference for scatting. Most people are disgusted by it. I mean, it is named shit. I scat is another word for. <laughs> Long story short, officer, long story short, that's not your daughter. Oh, what is she, some kind of spy or something? Is that what you're telling me? Do you remember the summer of 1983? Of course I do, summer of 1983. It's uh, just before the summer of 1984, one of the best years ever. And you remember the night you were out on assignment with your partner? Tammy Weatherbottom, Yes. You and Tammy Weatherbottom, and you got called into the robbery. You were there all night. Yeah, we were there all night. The robbery lasted forever, it seemed. I remember bringing a book. (laughs) This is pre-Wiki days. I couldn't just, you know. Well, I read on Wikipedia that there's actually an O. Sandler family that lives just down the block from you. Long story short, your daughter's father is Charles O. Sandler. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Charlie O. Sandler is my daughter's father? I paid for this wedding. So she couldn't have told me this before I paid for this wedding? (laughs) Charlie O. Sandler should have paid for this wedding. Do you know any lawyers? I'm going to sue that bet. Did he know about this? I I do recommend that the... uh, uh, Sandler Lowenstein firm in San Francisco. They're excellent. All right. <laughs> but all their demand letters are on wax paper. Okay. Yeah, that's not, I mean, it's a dangerous paper, but makes sense. Well, if you, do, if you don't mind, I have to be scat daddling. So um, I can just go ahead and get that bill taken care of. I'm going to be skibbity lap doodle down out of here. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. And Three, that'll be $3,000. Oh, okay. Uh, you take a check. I can. Wax paper check. <laughs> That's perfect. Great. Thank you. And, and steam. Okay. <laughs> the curtain comes down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. That was a journey. Yeah, that was quite a journey. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I kind of blacked out for like 20 minutes. 
Um, well, good news. Um, it's all in the Wikipedia tab. <laughs> oh, well, why not? Yeah, there's already an article. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Citation needed. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Son of a gun. Ever wondered about the people walking around right in front of you? Who they are? What they're really doing? The truth might surprise you. I'm Shannon Hull, host of Right in Front of My Face, the podcast talking about big things happening right in front of us. I interview ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Our social media feeds don't give us the real truth, but this podcast does. Find me at rightinfrontofmyface.net and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You never know what's happening right in front of your face. All right. Well, I'm going to move to the third act of our podcast here. And this is the part where we get real. So I'm going to ask you some real questions about real things, and you can tell me your real thoughts. Okay. All right. Jay's been quiet a long time, so I'm asking the first question. Jay, if you could be on a billboard with literally anything on it, what would the billboard be and why? Uh, it would say, your ad here, and it would have my name and number and small font. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, next question is to Griffin. If there was a book about your life, what would the title be and what would it say on the book jacket? Oh, um, the title would be A Dummy for Dummies. <laughs> and I would say, the best way to learn to be a dummy for dummies, by this dummy. And it would be all my life tips, all my life hacks, uh, all of my fantastic advice that I've learned through the years. Yeah, it would be... 15 pages long. I have a lot of of diagrams. A lot of diagrams. It'd be the Manchester Mystery House of instructional books. Um, And I would charge an arm and a leg for it. And I would do the audio book of it. And it would be a 16-hour audio book of uh, random thoughts. It'd be like... uh, God. Have you you heard uh, the new... Have you heard the... What is the, there's this Marlon Brando uh, documentary that's on Showtime, I think. And it's called like, Listen to Me Marlon or something. Yeah, Listen to Me Marlon. And it's just two hours of him pontificating. It's just like him. It's him talking to a tape recorder. (laughs) I saw an ant climbing a stick today. And I thought, where is this ant going? I'm like the ant. It's pretty amazing. It's great. <laughs> it's like him writing his own book, but in his own like he's definitely lazy. So it's just like instead of writing a book, he just kind of like or his memoirs, he just kind of like recorded them. And it was I like, Oh my god. You have access to showtime. So that's what my book would be. It would be. I wouldn't write it. Uh, I would record it into I- my phone. <laughs> I actually have a follow-up question, which is, uh, you know, being that you guys are both from the South Bay area, why is there a Winchester mystery house and a mystery spot in that? What is so mysterious about San Jose, greater San Jose that's area? That's a good question. Uh, that's something that's troubled me a long time. Well, it's weird. I think it's weird that, because I we grew up very close to the Winchester mystery house. The mystery spot I've never been to, it's in Santa Cruz, which is like over the hills from the South Bay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, people that, that aren't from there say Santa Cruz. Um, 
but uh yeah it's uh <laughs> the winchester mystery house though is is one of those things where you see signs for it all up and down 101 and it's weird to see signs from like i don't know to see something that's like very close to where you grew up you see signs for it so like all these people know about the winchester mystery house and it's kind of not that i mean i guess it's pretty cool but it's uh it's not as fun as you would think well, the, the, the title Winchester Tourist Trap just wasn't selling the tickets the same yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, side, side note, we're just going to we're going to bury a geek out on uh, everybody in L.A. doesn't understand that Los Gatos is Los Gatos. Yeah, yeah they've all been like anglicized. Uh, right. San Jose is San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. San Jose. San Jose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You could tell, you know, if someone's never been spent a long time in the Bay Area, they're like, we're going to go from Oakland to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what was that now? Where are you going? Yeah. Are you, where, where are you going to go next? San Rafael? <laughs> San Rafael? <laughs> you mean San Rafael, right? San Rafael? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. One thing that's always confused me about um, Spanish named cities in the United States is that like, uh, I mean, the Spanish were here, you know, and set all these cities and stuff like that. But it's like a lot of them are like Los Gatos is just the cats or it's just the city named cats. Yeah. Or like Chico is friend or Los Angeles is uh, the angels. But it's like, right. There aren't any English named cities necessarily. that I can think of that are just like things like, uh, the, I don't know, the baseball minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in Conc Concord, uh, which if you're from there is Concord. Yeah. But Concord means peace. Oh, really? But in Spanish? Uh, no, I think it's uh, I think it's an uh, English word. Okay. Concord. Like St. Francis makes sense. Or like uh, St. Diego. You know, like those make sense. But right. like uh, Los Banos and stuff like that are like, what are some the, that's the bath, right? The bath. Something else. Yeah, I think it depends on where the accent is, but yeah, the tilde. Mm -hmm. Manteca uh, gets the gets the the cake for me. Yeah, manteca. Mm -hmm. Yeah, manteca. It's a uh, fat, right? It's animal lard. Oh, right. Yeah, so this is called fat. <laughs> I live in animal lard. What's the word? Are there cities <laughs> in, in like uh, you know Central South America that it's just. Yeah, we're from Animal Lard. <laughs> like, what? There was it? Yeah, they had the water slides there. The Manteca water slides takes on a whole new meaning. The Manteca water slides is like, whoa, freak! <laughs> Jay, next yeah. question's for you. Hard hitting one. If you could turn back time and talk to your eighteen year old self, what would you tell him, and why? Oh man, I would say probably something like. You're right. Everyone else is crazy. <laughs> Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> you are in a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, all right, Griffin. Hard hit. This is a hard hitting question. Yeah. Ready? It's actually now. Now they're getting a little more serious. So just kind of we're drilling down into reality. Yeah. What are you proudest of in your life? What am I proudest of? In uh, I don't know. These are very serious questions. Am 
my relationship with my lovely fiance. Can that be can that be something? That's something that I'm proud of. Absolutely. We've been together for uh, 10 plus years. Yeah, I feel like we've never had huge disagreements and things. And we've always like, uh, I don't know. I think we both feel, I feel very lucky to have found her. We knew each other in high school and then reconnected afterwards, like a couple years later. Uh, And I feel very lucky to have like reconnected with her. And I think she feels likewise. Um, So yeah, I think just that. yeah, it's kind of awesome. And you know, with 10 years, it's like you've spent all this time kind of building something, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a sense of pride. Like you, you get to know somebody better than you've ever known. Yeah. 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 It's hard to talk about without feeling like cheesy and stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I think it's rare to like have a relationship where, uh, you know, there are things that super bother you about the other person or that like, you know, there aren't cracks in it and stuff. Yeah. So taking a, the glasses off for this yeah. one. I recently celebrated uh, my 10 year anniversary as being the third wheel to Griffin and his fiance. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a really powerful, pretty powerful moment. Remembering the uh, awkward time we spent uh, together where I just kind of quietly observed the two of you talking. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, uh, we all knew each other in high school we had like a senior all night party uh they have it so people don't go out and, like just get shit faced and get duis and blah 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 uh after people graduate and after mm-hmm. it all three of us ended up hanging out and we ended up like i forget was it yeah i mean it must have been like really early in the morning the sun was coming up and we went to like a spot overlooking <laughs> overlooking uh, the South Bay and Jay was there and uh, I mean we we're all hanging out we were just we we're all just friends at this point but yeah Jay was there just kind of third wheeling it well now it's it's clear or it was like a third wheeling situation and Pam thought out Griffin was gonna make the move on me was, <laughs> we were all surprised to see how this like played out yeah well Jay insisted in sitting between us the entire time <laughs> You had to yeah. get a roar with a yardstick. Yeah, well, I had the softest hands. Yeah. So we all took, everyone took turns just holding my yeah, hands. So Jay's, I guess my proudest moment is more, it's Jay's. It's, it's, he's chaperoned this relationship. <laughs> I don't know where. Everyone was arm's length the whole time. Yeah. All right, Jay, you got to answer this one serious. Ready? Okay. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, man. Well, my non-serious answer is, oh, my God, I have that same top. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a career in healthcare many years, as long as I've been in a third wheel platonic relationship with Griffin and and his fiance. It was being told that the care and attention they put into other people's health makes a difference in their lives. It may not be the best, you know, on the spur of the moment. It's definitely one that I, I carry with me since I'm forced to answer it seriously, I would say. Knowing that uh, that the effort you put in to bring the best in someone else's life is is appreciated, especially now too, with just like people are relying on first responders and things, or just like healthcare professionals. I think even more, it's just like people are so appreciative of you know people helping out in those roles. Yeah, it's easy to forget that uh, 
someone got to be there for you to get your medicine. Yeah. Certain processes are not automated yet. There's a human being that makes sure that things we take for granted happen. And that extends to all places, not just re- not just healthcare, of course. And I've been to visit Jay. Uh, like you, uh, can I say like where you work and what you do? I'm just say my healthcare uh, facility. Okay. Yeah, so he works at a pharmacy. Uh, and I've been there uh, to try and bother him while he's working. And he's very serious and laser focused. He will, not, <laughs> he will not put up with any BS while he's working. Yeah, in fact, I in f- had to tell Griffin, there's no way around this. I'm sorry to say this. You are going to have to clean up the baby food that you spilled on the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best callback. <laughs> that was a great callback. No one right. wants to flip and fall. We don't want to see this go to court. Exactly. All right. I'm going to ask you both a last question. It's a short question. And then we're going to go to shameless self-promotion. Um, what are you most grateful for? I would say the well-being and health of family and loved ones. I mean, especially now. Some of the COVID stuff still seems kind of unreal because we've been trapped in our homes and stuff for the past, uh, whatever it is, like nine months. So it's like, I mean, I know people that have gotten COVID, but I haven't spoken to them necessarily, like in person. So, yeah, just to have like everyone, like loved ones, families, friends, healthy still is, uh, I think, very something I'm very grateful for. I mean, you just health otherwise, just outside of the pandemic and stuff is uh, it's crazy. Just the uh, the randomest things that can totally complicate your life, you know? Like, I know someone that had, like, a brain aneurysm. She was, like, in her 20s. And then, like, it's like, yeah, how do you prepare yourself for not having a brain aneurysm? And then how do you deal with it afterwards? Just something random like that. It's just, yeah, to be healthy is a good thing, obviously. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Jay, same question. I'm very grateful for many, many things. I'm grateful for... Second chances. I think it's an amazing part about being a human being is that sometimes you actually get a second chance. Uh, And I think it means different things to different people. For me, it means even being here. Comedy was something I thought I had to put aside for a long time to be a a working person. And uh, Griffin encouraged me to, to reach out again and to put some effort in. So it feels like an amazing, amazing gift to be able to, to be just yucking it up on silly stuff. Uh, during a work day, <laughs> <It's been fun. laughs> grateful for not in any particular order. Music, obviously, comedy, friends, really bring so much meaning in life. And uh, it's truly the most important thing for me, speaking personally, that I'm grateful for is uh, becoming a sick, and that's the word S I K H, and it's a faith that comes out of South Asia. It's about 500 years old. Not many folks may know a lot about us. I know in LA, there's a fair amount. California has over 500,006. And I say that to proselytize, or to claim any supremacy over anyone or any ideology or thought process. Just being in a, in a place where compassion and selfless service is the modus operandi, why we exist, to see humanity as one family, brings so much meaning and joy uh, and to be in service, to not be thinking of one's ego, uh, to be thinking of the collective 
journey of our entire planet is something uh, I drive from being a Sikh. I see in the community to be able to share and participate in that is an, a gift uh, I'm overjoyed to be experiencing. That was a beautiful answer. Thanks. I also like dirty baby food. Is this not? I know. I know. I was, te- I was, you know, whenever we get serious, I was tempted to, to, you know, make a joke. And so you set up one human family. I was like, yeah, we're part of the O'Sandler, Max Sandler, Sandler plan. <laughs> get that 23 and me going. Griffin and Jay, where can people find you on the internet or if they want to hear more from you or know what you're up to next? I feel like I, I have a, a Twitter and Instagram, but I feel like I don't add that much stuff to it lately. I, I just, finished setting up like a sound recorder and stuff like a sound recorder and like a nice microphone. So I want to start doing something with that. The first thing I want to do is, is record. I want to record. I've been trying to do this for years, but record just a very bad Christmas album. And uh, like <laughs> with karaoke tracks and, um, and send it to people unsolicited. <laughs> so I feel like I can do that. I love that yeah. idea. But as far as shows and stuff, That's... I mean, there's, you know, unfortunately nothing going on. I, I, I've been trying within the, you know, within the past a couple months, especially, uh, to try and like start filming stuff and blah blah blah. So, yeah, there's some things that I'm editing right now, like the lawn disorder stuff. We got a a couple videos coming. Um, so, uh, yeah. But besides that, uh, I don't know until. We can all get vaccinated. Yeah. What's your uh, Instagram handle and your Twitter handle, just if people want to look My you Instagram up? Instagram handle is Griffin C. Taylor, uh, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-C-T-A-Y-L-O-R. And my Twitter handle is Griffalor, I think. At Griffalor. At Griffalor. Yeah. Yeah. I know because I follow you, bro. I think you do. Jay, what about you? I, I'm so glad that you've, you know, rekindled your love for comedy and, and for kind of breaking out this. So, so much of what I'm doing here is about that. And just, you know, it doesn't matter if we have four listeners or, you know, four million, we have 4 million, but you know, if we only had four, but for the joy of it, but um, where can people connect with you? Well, I'm in the Bay area in South Bay. I work in the peninsula. Uh, I mentioned I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Palo Alto. And since I'm uh, pretty behind the times, and I'm sure my colleagues are going to love to hear this, uh, not on social media yet. I'm from the Bay Area. Uh, computers came very, very late <laughs> in this area. Yeah. Just just learned about social media. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hello. So, like, talks to you. It's social. I don't get it. <laughs> and uh, so I have an email address. People use that still? They do. You care to share it? Sure. Okay. I, I want to mention I do specialize as a realtor in um, scatting Scottish real estate needs. Uh, <laughs> one of many. One of many. Appreciate yourself. It's a big Boy, have I got a scooby day do for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is my this is my territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't even try to do an accent earlier because I did not want to offend my clientele. 
Uh, yeah, I'm at the Paul Alto Keller Williams office for those who need any real estate help, needs, buying, investing, selling, or just uh, knowing about what's going on. You can email me at uh, Jpreet Singh, just J-A-Y-P-R-E-E-T-S-I-N-G-H at kw.com. Jpreet Singh. I can be found on Facebook, Jason Realtor as well. You can type that in. There's probably a lot of them out there. Uh, I'd like to say I'm the cutest one you'll find. I should probably upload a photo first Rotation to make that more of a record statement. What's Citation that? Citation needed. <laughs> Citation unnecessary. Yeah. I will put a link in the show notes um, for those um, uh, people in need of scatting Scottish flats in the Palo Alto mm-hmm. area or any other real estate needs. They're going fast. Oh, I know that's true. Well, that's our show. Laying Down the Law is a product of Beyond Unreasonable Doubt, produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Production. Our music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Punk. Our cover art is courtesy of the Mighty Q. I want to thank all of our listeners. And if you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend, subscribe, write a review, leave us a rating, five stars. It really helps us reach more ears. And if you don't like the show, why are you still listening? Feel free to tweet at me at Max Hedrum ESQ. That's Max Hedrum Esquire with any questions, comments, or show suggestions. I'm your host, Billy DeClerc, a.k.a. Max Hedrum Esquire, and I am the cunning little teddy bear who's secretly running the playroom.